Let's listen to the um, words of the Lord. He wants us to hear this. I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what a constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two, and two against three. They will be divided father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother in law against daughter in law, and daughter in law against mother in law. Jesus is on his way to the cross. If you remember back in chapter 9, he um, set out determinedly, resolutely for Jerusalem. And so on his way to the cross, he's very aware that he's discipling those that are following him. He's doing much instruction by the way he acts, the way he talks, He's preparing them for what's to come. And he's already told them, back in Luke 9, he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed, and on the third day he must be raised. And he told his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. So he's on his way to the cross. He's told his disciples, this is where we're going and this is what I'm going to do. And you need to follow me. And so Jesus is preparing. He's preparing his disciples. He's preparing us. He's preparing us even as we think about in two weeks, we celebrate Easter, a high point every year where we remember Jesus, not only his death, but his resurrection. But we're in this in-between stage where we're still the season of Lent, where we're, we're watching, and we're watching Jesus move closer and closer to that which he's resolutely set his face toward Jerusalem. And where he's going is to the cross. And so this is a timely message for us, even though at first reading, when I saw that we were going to have an infant baptism and anticipating extended family, And preaching on this text, I thought, really, Lord? But yes, really, the Lord has a good word for us this morning. He said, I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. Actually, literally, in the original language, it says, fire, I have come to bring. It puts that word fire right up at the front, emphasizing, fire, I have come to bring. And so what's the purpose of fire? Fire is for purification, and so there's an immediate purification that Jesus is undergoing. His church, had, his people, had gotten away from God's original design and teaching and had layered many, many rules and expectations that were weighing his people down. He was trying to set things in order and shore things up 
by coming and showing the way. And so there was this immediate call to repent and to acknowledge. And he was saying, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. Repent, repent. And so there's this immediate purification. Then if we skipped over to Acts, we'd look at, because I like the big picture, and I think you do too, okay? So then the Holy Spirit is poured out, and then there's this ongoing transformative work that the Holy Spirit's purifying us. He's sanctifying us. He's making us more and more like Christ. And then in the end, what we've prayed for, we've sung about, is his ultimate return when that purification will be complete and evil will be done away with and there will be no more weeping, no more crying, and he'll set all things right. And that's what's set in our hearts that we're longing for and waiting for that day. Tim Keller says this about this intermediate phase when the Lord is working in his church and his people. He says, if Jesus isn't refining you, you aren't following the real Jesus. If Jesus isn't refining you, you're not following the real Jesus. Jesus is continuing to show us the way, and he's saying, I have come to bring fire, even fire in our lives, to show us the way, even as he did in Derek's life, as he testified that he had gone off, and there was this fire, this purification, a calling back. Last week's message talked about the master's ultimate return and would he find them faithful. And he said, be ready in service, right? Be watching, be watching, be watching. I've come to bring fire. And he says, and how I wish it were already kindled. Jesus hates evil. Can you imagine him walking on this earth, walking among us even as he does today? And how he wishes that all evil was done away with, but he's patient because he's waiting for that next covenant child and that next person that converts. He's waiting for us to take the good news. Jesus continues to call for response. And in Luke, the whole book of Luke, it's this theme of calling for response, hearing Jesus' voice and answering, responding. Calling for decision will always bring division. You like that? Calling for decision will always bring division. Um, If you call for somebody to follow a certain way, they have to make a response, yes or no. Will I or won't I? And I think that um, if we look at this country and look at the political process right now, decision 2016, it's dividing. I mean, there's policies, there's there's, um, platforms, there's um, leaders, And it's calling for a response. And we see, unfortunately, the um, absolute, sometimes depravity, of humanity when we watch the news and we see that they had to cancel a campaign rally in Chicago because of the violence. People were opposed to one another in such a way that it was too dangerous to allow for that campaign rally to happen. In Jesus, when he's calling for a response, his kingdom isn't like that. It's not going to be two opposing forces that are like this. But Jesus comes in peace because ultimately he'll come as judge. But he calls us into a way of peace. And he's modeling that 
but he's telling his um, followers it's going to get really, really difficult. There's going to be hostility like a civil war or like a national crisis or like, a, unfortunately, a Trump campaign rally. And I'm not coming against any particular candidate, but I'm saying there are things that are ungodly, and that needs to stop. Jesus is warning this is not going to be easy. It will affect even perhaps your closest relationships. Father and son, mother and daughter, daughter and mother-in-law. I mean, these are people that you want their blessing. You want a good relationship. And yet, because of sin, sin gets in there. And he's saying you may have to face the hostility of family members. You may have to face hostility of those of your closest friends because you're going to follow me and my way is not the way of the world. And so for some of us today, even the Lord may be saying, who are you hanging out with? Who are, you, um, who are your peers? What are your activities? And the Lord wants to bring fire and he wants to purify and he's saying there's a different way. Follow me. Very, very um, serious decision who we follow because it has eternal consequences. Jesus has a baptism to undergo. Jesus' baptism was not the same baptism that we just watched Isla May have, right? This was, she was being anointed. She was having the sign of a Holy Spirit on her. Jesus was on his way to a different kind of baptism, a baptism where the Father says that he put the iniquity of us all on Jesus. He was inundated with the sin and the shame and the evil of not just our generation, every generation. I was thinking about what would that even be possibly like And I was thinking about if we could tap into the raw sewage coming out of um, the hospital, and I asked for quiet while I'm speaking. So if we thought about Spectrum Hospital up on the hill and their sewage going down to the water treatment plant, and if we could tap into that, and then if we could mix the biohazard trash coming out of Metropolitan or Butterworth Hospital, And then if we could also take all the paper and the food trash and mix it all together, maybe that, and then let it ferment for about a thousand years. Maybe that's just the beginning of the picture of the grossness of sin and that that Jesus was going to be baptized with as he, the Holy One, would allow himself to be crucified. He would take on our sin so that little Isla May and those that have made professions of faith and been baptized would be able to receive the righteousness, the holiness of Christ. He was on his way to a baptism that none of us would ever want to face, but that's what we all faced except that. Christ stepped in for us. He said, I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under, 
until it's complete. This verse has captured my heart this week. I've been thinking and meditating and reflecting on it. I looked at it in different versions of the Bible. What constraint I am under. I'm distressed. I'm under a heavy burden. It consumes me until it's finished. How greatly and sorely I am urged on until it's accomplished. Our Jesus that we love so much was in great distress. Yesterday, I spent hours in prayer. Jesus, what was it that was so distressing to you? Jesus, what was it about this that you were getting ready to do? Was it because you're fully human as well as fully divine and you know that you're on your way to your death and you're doing that for us, but yet it was so hard? Is that why you were under such distress? Yes. Jesus, why were you so distressed? Because you're so mission-minded and you're not... um, He's got emotion, but it's not that he ever is driven by emotion or controlled by emotion. Right? So, Jesus, what was it that was making you so distressed even though you came because you're on mission and you're focused on your Father's will? And I wondered, is it because he's having to tell his followers, you're going to pick up your cross and follow me, and this is not going to be easy? Is that what distressed him? Because don't you know, as leaders and as parents, when we're saying to follow Jesus in this culture means that you're going to face some hostility. And as we're raising up and as you're raising up leaders for the church, Derek and Heather at Bridge Street, and you're saying you're going to follow Christ, but you may face persecution. You may face hostility. You're probably going to run into some really, really difficult and tight situations but it's nothing that Jesus didn't face. And he says that um, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, right? But it's hard as leaders when you're trying, and you're thinking about raising up a little oak of righteousness here. Why does she need to be an oak? She needs to be strong. She needs to have her roots deep in the word of God and in his promises. That was the nagging question. And I wondered, even, is Jesus distressed because he knows there's going to be those that reject him? And our Jesus, who is love, is going to have to, because he is judge, going to have to bring that final purifying fire. I wonder, and I invite you to wonder with me this week, and to think about what it means that our God, who loves us so much, would send his son and that Jesus would say yes, that he would come for us and offer his life so that we could have this refining and that we wouldn't be afraid of this refining work, this purifying work of his Holy Spirit, but we would welcome it because we don't like anything evil either. We don't want that darkness in our lives. We don't want that hypocrisy. We don't want that gossip. We don't want that sin, that besetting sin that keeps nagging at us. Yes, Lord, refine me, refine me, purge me. If there's relationships that need to go, purge them out of my life. Please purge them because you've set me in a spiritual family that will help rally around me and encourage me. We just made promises to each other, didn't we? And so even if our father and mother forsake us, God will not forsake us and he sets us in a spiritual family. And finally, 
gratitude. I just feel like that the Lord is just welling up gratitude in us as we think about what Jesus did, that he would set his face resolutely toward that cross. And as we think and pray about him and are in his word these next two weeks, we're thinking about the baptism that he underwent on our behalf. Let's pray.